Cinema. Welcome back to War with Cinema. I'm your host, Greg, your local metalhead, and with me is... Par the Collector. What's up, everybody? And I gave you Jackie Brown for lesser-known movies by popular directors, Quentin Tarantino. Jackie Brown. I gotta lie, man. Uh, this used to be my least favorite Tarantino movie. I know. I remember you saying that. I was super surprised. And I don't know if it's because it's just not... I don't know, like, it's just not... Up to that point, all the movies of his I'd seen... It didn't really fit in it with me. Right. I think that's kind of why I liked it. It was a little standoff, uh, standout-ish from his catalog. It had a little, it had a little bit of the same, same things you like and come to, you know, love about a Tarantino movie. You know, obviously it has great dialogue and there was a little bit of gangster shit sprinkled in here and there. Mm-hmm. And great actors, once again, another fucking ensemble that's just like, who else but Tarantino could pull that off? Uh, music. Oh my God. I was just about to say, this has to be like one of the most underrated soundtracks of a, of a motion picture I've ever heard in my life. Right. I could listen to the soundtrack of this movie from start to fucking finish. Mm -hmm. It's so cool. You started off with Bobby, Bobby Womack, hundred across 110th street, which by the way, second best usage of this song in a movie ever. And the only reason it's number two is because it fits in perfectly in American gangster (laughs) when he's showing all the crack and all the red mat or all the blue magic getting mm-hmm. pulled off the corner and Frank Lucas dr- gets in the get up and he drives through in his car just to see how his money's doing and they're fucking you know what I mean that song just it fits so perfect it's just showing the transactions you know the money him and the mob dude, like just fits that movie but this second best yeah. ever dude not only is it great for the opening credits but as she's mouthing it at the end mm-hmm. fucking fantastic bro so on your second watching, or not second watch, I'm sure you've seen this a few yes, times. Yes, this is probably on your like, latest watching. Right. Rather, what did you? What do you rate this movie? I give it a a, a strong eight nine. Eight nine. Eight nine. It's uh, it's like I said, it's not my least favorite Tarantino anymore. It's definitely raised up the up the charts, mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed it this last time for some reason. I don't know if it's because I was drinking a little bit or what, but um. I put it on last night and I just had fun with it. Yeah, and it's definitely just a laid back. It's just a cool movie. And I've said it many, many times on this podcast before, but this is my favorite Quentin Tarantino movie. And I think I understand why, because I am a sucker for a heist movie. Yeah. And, and and it's cool because this one's not really like a complicated story. No, it's not Like super. sometimes in his movies, like not saying that they're complicated, you can't follow them, but like he does the jump around shit so much. This that, is like one, a linear movie. You follow it straight, start to finish. And it's really just like, who's going to fuck who over last and I like movies like that, you mm-hmm. know, where you don't like you think you see the shit coming, but you don't. Right. Like Ocean's Eleven. Exactly. It's like one of my favorites. Uh, you know, they're going to f- pull it off, but you just want to see how they pulled it off. Exactly. And this is one of those movies that it does a great job of, of painting the whole picture mm-hmm. and doing it in a way that, you know, it's like I said, you come to expect it with him. But he still does a good job. Like it's it's good now. The 15th time I've seen it come in than mm. it was the first, you know? Yeah. Um. I'll say another thing I love about this movie, bro. Greatest made up names ever for characters. <laughs> I'm almost thinking about changing my fucking moniker from part of the collector to Max Cherry. Like how fucking cool is that, dude? Max Cherry, yeah. Or Odell or uh Ordell Ordell uh Roby. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. how fucking cool is that name? I was gonna bro? say I want to be known as Ordell. Yeah, right? Like just some cool names, bro. Agreed. Robert De Niro, man. I used to think, and I still, like, even going back now, like, I still think to myself, like, I love De Niro so much, and he's made, he's had so many great roles over the years. But, do you really feel like they needed him for that part? Like, I'm sorry, but, like, I just feel like they could have got anybody around that age to play that part. Like, how much did it cost them to get De Niro? Right, right, right. To smoke a couple bowls and, like, rail a chick down, like, and shoot her in the gut. Like, how much did that cost? Yeah, it's not really hard to act like a piece of shit that just got out of jail junkie. And, I mean, as far as, like, stuff that he's done before that or after, like, it really, like, it's really the only movie that I could think of that he didn't do a bad job, but it was just kind of like, why were you there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you didn't need to bring your acting chops to this, like... Not even that, but, like, why did they even waste the phone call on you? You know what I mean? Like, I couldn't imagine, like, what Tarantino said to him, like, hey, Bobby, look, 
you ain't got the biggest part in here, but let me tell you, you're doing some cool shit. Like, right. what? I think it's what, like you said, uh, he had a bucket list of actors that he wanted to work with. I must have been. And Robert De Niro was probably on that list, and this was I, an easy snag. I'd watched it all the, you know, I watched The Last Night, and I was just thinking to myself, like, bro, like, this is, like, the only person in the, that just doesn't fit in this movie. <laughs> I mean, he does a good job with it. I think I he mean, does. for what he's doing. But like I said, I feel like I could have done that shit. Yeah, honestly, yeah. like what <laughs> acting was there when he uh, when he gets aggravated at the girl when they're at the mall? That's, that's probably where, his best. Like, shit. that's favorite. like where he's using some actual like. Yeah, I told the wife, I'm like, this is my dad. <laughs> this is how my dad was <laughs> when I was kids. Stay, stay right here. I'm holding your arm. Don't fucking move. <laughs> Puts his hand up to your, her face with the fist. Fucking knock you out. In the slick back, dude. Like, yeah, yeah it, it that's probably the best his best part in the whole whole movie, you know. Right. But no, I agree. It's kind of a waste, but you know, I just I was just wondering that. I, I think that stuck out to me the most this time around. Like, I was just like, De Niro's just wasted right here. Like, I think it's because we've unintentionally been doing a shit ton of Robert De Niro movies, so we're been. seeing like some of his other best roles, and now we're seeing some of his not not that it's a bad role, it's just a small role, right? I just, like I said, even for like cameos and stuff, like, you know, sometimes in Tarantino movies, the small roles are the greatest. Yeah, they have the biggest Like, shine. look at DiCaprio in Django. Like, mm-hmm. he's one of the best parts of that movie, and he's in it for 10 fucking minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, um, Butch in Pulp Fiction, uh, just little minor characters, the wolf. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, what's his name? He does a great little uh, RIP, Tom Lister. Yeah. Tiny, yep, yep. He does Debo. a does a little uh, cameo in here. He just yeah. picks up the phone, but it's so like, fuck. I hope he doesn't find me. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I do. I find people. I find people that don't want to be found. And they just shut the fuck up, and yeah, they're yeah. like, okay, they're like agents, and they're just like, yeah, that's yeah, because he's take holding a shotgun that's bigger than he is. <laughs> no, he's got a bat. Oh, is it a yeah, bat? It's I thought a it was bat. A yeah, it's just a Louisville. It just looks like a stick in his hand, like because <laughs> he was such a massive individual. When your um, name's Tiny Zeus, like <laughs> <laughs> shout out to that legend, though. Um, Speaking of actors, Samuel L. Jackson kills it in this movie. I was just about to say that too, bro. This is probably like my definitely my top three favorite characters he's played, man. What's your other two? Um, Jules, obviously number one, and uh, if I'm going just off a of Sam Jackson movie by himself, um, I for some reason have always loved Formula Fifty One. It's not a good movie by any means. I don't think I've seen it. Uh, it's it's like when he was just putting out anything for a check. It came out in like 03 when I was oh, in really? high school. He's got braids. He's playing like a chemist. It's pretty cool. But like he's done so many great roles. Don't get me wrong. But Mine is uh, Black Snake Moan. Oh, that is good too. I fucking That's really love good. Black Snake Moan. Yeah, he's great in that. Um, like I said, he's got so many. I love the bat. Like he's the only reason I like the first Kingsman. His fucking Russell Simmons impersonation is fucking spot on, dude. Is that you? Yeah, I'm vibrating my bad. No, I was just, I was just like, damn, is my phone picking up over here? <laughs> um, but yeah, like I love his character in this. He's so fucking smooth and uh, maniacal. You know what I mean? That was my wife giving a second shout out to Black Snake Mo, <laughs> <laughs> texting me. <laughs> oh, dude, he plays the guitar in that movie, which is something I did not know. He actually is strumming that shit and singing and all that, which, I mean, I figured it was his voice, but right. like, I just find that amusing or cool. Mm-hmm. I um, just love that. See, what's funny is I've always been into metal, but I never really got into blues too much. And I watched Black Snake Moan and that guitar he plays sounds so good. And it really got me on the blues train, and I started going down blues real good. I would say shout out to my boy James, uh, Mummy. He um he loves that movie because he can play anything with strings, and like he's like if you he's like if you're a musician, he's like that movie, spot on. Yeah, I love the cover of it too. It's probably one of the coolest like regular DVD covers. It looks like a like a comic book, like a tattered ass comic book. Mm-hmm. I like that too. Right. Definitely an underrated movie he did. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, as Ordell in this, he is just great. But we'll talk about the greatest role in this whole fucking movie. And that's fucking Pam Greer as yes. Jackie Brown. She's so, she's so. Uh, she steals the show. Like she really does. Chews up the scenery and I love it. You know, I'm, 
I'm ashamed to say I don't know a lot of her movies. I don't either. Um, I've seen, I know that she did a bunch in the seventies and they're like, you know, that's why Quentin Tarantino fell in love with her. Um, he said, we just read that, you know, when she came to interview for the role, mm-hmm. you know, fun fact, you know, he had a bunch of posters up and she's like, would you put these up? Cause I was coming over here. He's like, no, I was going to take them down because <laughs> you're coming over here. Cause I didn't want you to think I was a weirdo because, um, I guess Tarantino, when he was younger, like when his mother would entertain men, they would always take him to the movies. Yeah. Cause it's like something you do with a kid, you know, like, right. and he's like, they would try to be getting a good friendly with my mom. So they would always try to be nice to me. And he's a, some of them, some of them were black guys and they took him to see the, those kind of movies like Foxy Brown and, and Blackula and shit like that. And he yeah. Said, because, uh, Quentin Tarantino grew up in like a black neighborhood. Right. He, he doesn't come from money. Right. And, um, he didn't have a dad around. So like he said, some of these guys that my mom dated, like really stepped in and like, you know, kind of shaped how I, how I saw things because, you know, he got into movies like that early mm-hmm. and, I feel like this is kind of his homage to like seventies black poitation movies, you know, like this is his, like his best shot. at like what he would do. Like yeah, if yeah. he would have made a movie in seven, in like 75, this is what it would have been. It feels like it came. It does. It, 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 it's, it's made in 1997, but it feels like 20 it, years too yeah, late exactly. but in a good way. Right. It does. It definitely feels like it, they shot it in the eighties mm-hmm. and then like it was supposed to take place in the seventies. Like right. it's, it's great, man, because they don't take any technology from 97 out. Like, old boy's still using a cell phone. Mm-hmm. I guess still it's like, oh, you don't do CDs no more? And then, like, he's buying a cassette, dude. And I know that bitch was 99 cent because we all <laughs> remember that, dude. You all remember going into an FYE or a Specs, RIP, Specs Music. Right, and right. you could either buy you a concert ticket or you could go check out the whole t- cassette wall for 99 cent a piece. And you can find everybody's library on, mm-hmm. on that. Um, I also love that she has albums. Like it just adds to the flavor of her character. Those are making a comeback now. Oh yeah. Yeah. A lot of people collect albums. I have a good friend that that's like, she has to have a whole separate room just for her freaking vinyls. Everybody's got a thing, man. Yeah. I mean, if you can afford records like that, my hat's off to you. Cause that shit's an expensive hobby. It is. Especially like certain one, like grails, what people will consider. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, but yes, she is fantastic in this movie. She is so cool. Like I smoke cigarettes and she made me want more cigarettes. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like she could send a bitch into relapse. They could have been smoke free for two years. You watch her just suck on that motherfucker while she's in that interrogation room. Mm. And I had to pause the movie and go outside for one, bro, because she was <laughs> killing that shit. Like, she I know. Just... I hate movies like this because I'm not a smoker. I don't like smoking, right. but the, the art of smoking. They just I make it look really... so fucking cool. Right. Bro. Like, I don't smoke, but I wanted a cigarette. <laughs> that's not even hurting their body. They're so cool. It's not even hurting their body. Right. Like that's how they do. There's a couple people that have just been able to do that over the years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she she just uh, she's got that attitude, man, and she's like a strong woman, and she don't take no shit, and I love that, you know, I love that about her character. Mm-hmm. It starts off she's a flight attendant for a shitty airline that goes to Cabo, Mexico, and um, it's the only job she can get because she used to be a big time uh, airline air- stewardess, but she uh, for Delta, but. She got uh, arrested smuggling drugs, and it turned out that her husband was a pilot for Delta, was the one she was smuggling the drugs for. So when they put – she rolled over on him to get out of prison, and then she got blackballed, and nobody would hire her at any um, major airline. So the only thing she could do was get a job at this little shitty one that goes in and out of Cabo from um, L.A. Right. And Ordell is a small time arms dealer. And what he does is, is he gets mas- he gets weapons from Mexico and sells them, sells them to people in LA. And the guy down in Mexico buys a lot of his guns, I'm assuming, because that's who he gets his money from. He's got a bank account down in Mexico with a half a million dollars in it. And that's where Jackie comes into because she gets him his money. Yeah, she brings it because they don't check, which is I can't imagine this is still a fucking thing, dude. Like, because you look I'm at movies sure like Blow 
and this and stuff like you got to imagine like before they weren't checking their bags and shit if you worked for the airline but like i imagine they got to now like because of shit like this i'm sure of it but uh my whole thing is she's bringing in the money how is he uh getting the guns i think he was getting the guns in america and Mm -hmm. sending them to mexico is how i'm guessing yeah because this guy had a boat so he made it seem like he would get on the boat and they would meet and stuff like that. Like, right. It, it it just, you don't ever see the Mr. Walker character, but like Mr. Walker is pretty much who Ordell works for. Yeah. 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 All his guns and pretty much what he's getting. All, all of his stuff is coming from this guy. Yeah. Cause I know that she's bringing in the money, but I'm just like, how is he getting the guns? Why don't you do the exchange with the guns? I don't know. It doesn't, it's not important. I was just curious. Well, I mean, it kind of leads you to believe that he's very good at what he does because they still through this whole movie, like if they didn't have her to try to hang that, to, to hang over his head, like they didn't really have shit cause he was good at his job. You know, mm-hmm. he never got caught with the, with any guns. He never got caught with money. Never got caught killing anybody. And, uh, so I'm guessing that they they knew it because that was the first thing they said was we want we don't give a shit about you. What's funny is uh he's dating this like little white girl that mm-hmm. he like stays at her place as like a little hideout kind of thing. Well, he pays for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she throughout the movie she's like he's such a dumbass he's such a fuck up and I'm like and I hate people like that because it's like what are you doing with your life like you're surviving because of this fucking guy right and you're gonna talk shit and you're not doing anything with yourself like i don't know i hate those people that are like ah, he's just a dumb piece of shit he's just i'm not a huge bridget fonda fan yeah i'll just get that out of the way but i like her in this movie because she fits she she does a great job at playing that that sneaky fucking bitch Mm -hmm. that's there and i I love the spiel that she's given uh robert de niro and he's like Who's who didn't make the cut, you know, because it's her, you know, with a guy's arm around her, but like you can't see the guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's in, she's like, I was in Japan with this Japanese dude, and you know, he was rich and he took care of me and this and that, but I wasn't happy. And she's like, I wanted a picture to remind me of Japan, and this is the only fucking picture I took while I was there, and I didn't want to see his ass. She's like, she's like, I didn't know a lot about him, but I knew enough about him. I knew enough to realize he wasn't interesting. Right. And, it kind of gives you a big insight into like how her thought process and what kind of person she is. Right. She just uses guys to for money, skate which, by. you know, some, some good looking women do. Right. I don't blame them. If I was a good looking man, I'd do the same. Um, see, but I feel like it's different though, man. Like men, I'm not saying men won't take gifts and shit like that, but like, no, nah, you got to get with them fat, ugly, rich woman. Oh my God. Men just want pussy. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I bought you a car. That's cool. I just, I just wanted to fuck you, but like, I, I take the car. Don't yeah, get me yeah, wrong, yeah. but like, I don't know. I just feel like women have a better business sense with it. Like, they're just like, yeah, you can hit it, but uh, A, B, and C taken care of before you get in there. <laughs> You'll be surprised. I, uh, I had one store manager. Her husband was like a stay-at-home guy, and he was like the handyman. Like, he just took care of shit around the house. He didn't have to work. She made all the money. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. I call that being a kept man <laughs> trying to get there. <laughs> but yeah, it's just the thing that the that she said in this movie that kind of like rubbed me the wrong way. Because the more the internet is prolific, the more you see this. Mm-hmm. Like people talking shit about, I mean, we do it. We talk about people's fucking movies. Right. But just like talking shit about people when you haven't done anything with your life. I don't know. It I really- will say this. I mean, to a certain point, like we... we we might say some things about somebody's movies that they may not agree with or like. Well, because it takes a lot of hard like, work to make a movie, so right. it's, it feels shitty to shit on movies. But at the same time, it's all taste. But I feel like we are, we are. It's respectful enough about it. You know what I mean? I don't. Sometimes feel like, I'm not. I'm disrespectful I mean, as fuck. I mean, we we may, but like, it's still not even that bad compared to some other stuff. You know, like Maybe. we're not tearing it down for no reason. Like I feel like we always give a good. <laughs> follow through with why we don't fuck with it. Yeah. Like, anyway, we're just like, I oh, fuck that guy. Right. And that's not all that's said about it, but yeah. we try to anyway. Right. Guess who pops up in this fucking movie that I forgot was in here? Fucking Chris Tucker. <laughs> I uh, forgot yeah, he man, was this in This is here. probably like one of the best, like small cameos in any movie. Like he just brings that Chris Tucker. Energy. What happened to Chris Tucker? He made too much fucking money, bro. Yeah. That's what the problem was. At because least... I loved him in Friday. I loved him in this. Rush I loved shower, him in, bro. Uh, what was it? Fifth Element. Oh, he's great, great little cameo. Great in Fifth Element. Like, I, come in, come in, my man. <laughs> <laughs> he's fucking gold. 
I mean, I love the rush hours, bro. I love everything Chris Tucker does. But right, the problem same. is, is Brett Ratner gave that bitch fifty million for the first rush hour, and by rush hour three, he was making sixty, seventy million. <laughs> and like now, he thinks that that's what he should get for every movie. Yeah, and, he, and people are just like, nah, bro. You're and good. he should. He's Chris Tucker. He's fucking entertaining as shit. I mean, I get it, but like. <laughs> He got to a certain extent. Yeah, you know? I know. I'm just fucking around. What's his name? Uh, when he did, uh, when he did the the one with Bradley Cooper, he didn't have a big role in it, but he took it to show everybody that he could like actually fucking act. Like, oh, I vaguely remember that. Yeah, something playbook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's about Eagles fans. So I fucking hate it. I remember people telling me like he was like trying to be like a serious actor in that one. And I mean, he did a good job. I mean, he's one of the he's one of the bright spots of that movie. Uh, like I said, I'm not a big fan of the movie, but it is it is well acted. Bradley Cooper and J- Jennifer Lawrence do a great job. Oh, Silver Linings Playbook. Silver Linings Playbook. There it is. I knew I knew it. But um, That's a fun movie. It's a good movie. Um, you take these two socially awkward people that like are trying to date and well, he's, making a romance out of it. He's like fucked because like, you know, his wife did him super fucking dirty. Mm-hmm. And then like, you know, he's got rage issues and all that, which... You know, most Eagles fans do. Um, yeah, but she's got her shortcomings too. Oh yeah, well, yeah. And that's the thing. That's the thing about the movie is like, I but, but I actually got one movie. We'll talk about it later. That's kind of the same way. You take these people that are like socially awkward and you kind of make a relationship and see how it progresses. I don't know. It's super interesting. Like some Benny and June shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, but uh, I don't know where I was going with that. Oh, you were talking about Chris Tucker. Oh, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I think it's just one of those things that, like, he, he got paid, and then somebody told him that that's what he's worth, and then he just never backed off of it, you know? Yeah. Um, But Jackie Brown, what is this movie about? I was breaking into it. Oh, She's yeah, yeah, you were talking about being yeah. a stewardess. She's bringing money back and forth. So the movie starts off with her getting picked up by, uh, I forget the guy that plays the other agent, but him and Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. Great He's little Michael Keaton role. So young. Dude, killing it, bro. Like, you know, this isn't that far after Batman, bro. Yeah, like, right. He's still all right, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Ray Nicolette, man. Like I said, everybody's name is cool shit in this movie, bro. Like, even the fucking feds have cool names in this movie. I'm telling you, bro, I might be Par Cherry from now on. Par Cherry. I'm telling you, bro. <laughs> I love his character too, bro. Bale Bondsman, you know, uh, trying to do the right thing, but fucking loves her, man. Yeah, you can tell he like falls in love with her love at first sight kind of thing. Just, and she's walking out of jail, man. Yeah. You know, like, but like I said, uh, going back to the soundtrack, when it shows her walking into jail, like how better, like you can't even match a better song mm-hmm. for, for that woman going in there. Right. Her attitude, her demeanor, everything just matches with that shit. Yeah. Um, great fucking Sid Haig uh, cameo in the court. And we read about that too before that they were old friends from the You know, they'd done movies in the seventies and they said that when it showed him, she didn't know that he was playing the judge. So when it cut from her, she was laughing and he, you could tell when he's like delivering a line, like he almost like he smirks, like he's about to let it go. And then it cuts back to her, Mm -hmm. but it's just like a fun little fact that I did not know that they were such good friends. Right. But yeah, they set they the, the cops try to set her bail at twenty five grand because they know she'll never be able to come up with that. Mm-hmm. Well, judge finds that a little unfair, so he makes a ten. Well, Ordell got ten, so he gets yeah he has the ten from uh because <laughs> he blows he blows uh Chris Tucker away. Which let me tell you, like that right there is some of the most evil shit you'll ever see in this world, bro. Like he knew he was gonna kill that motherfucker, right? Mm-hmm. He could have, he had four different times he could have killed him. Could have killed him when he walked up to the room. Could have killed him when he came out of jail. Could have killed him when he went, took him downstairs. Could have shot him, threw him in the trunk right then. This motherfucker took the time to make this dude feel like a piece of shit and feel guilty because he just got out of jail for 10 grand Mm -hmm. and played in on that shit to where he made this dude get in a fucking trunk, bro. Like, and what, and I don't care how much somebody's done for you, bro. Are you ever going to get into a fucking trunk of a car? <laughs> Willingly? Probably not. Exactly. Especially after they just, after that, no. Especially when you know you owe this dude money. Like, obviously saying. he ain't worried about the money, dude. Yeah. 
Um, but that's what I was thinking. It's such a good setup for his character because you know what he's capable of now. So when Jackie Brown right, comes right, right. into the picture, you're like, oh, he's going to fuck her up just like he fucked Chris Tucker's character. He slams that fucking truck on him. <laughs> Ponytail wearing motherfucker. <laughs> just even that scene, bro. Like when he puts the gloves on, yeah. puts the tape in, bro. Yeah, Starts some OJ shit. Dude, he's taking his sweet fucking time, bro. And then literally drives around the block. That's what I was going to say. Is he drives on the other side of the fence and does it. He does it just to drive over the fucking humps and shit. Just to do a motherfucker a favor. Bam, bam. I mean, he said we just going to Koreatown and ain't that far. But I mean, bet you knew it wasn't a block away. Yeah. Like, he should have known. And then you put me in the trunk with a shotgun that don't have no bullets. Because mm-hmm. you know it didn't have no bullets. Right. Hey, just too many sketchy things. I'm like, you know what, bro? If you're gonna kill me, just kill me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't like, disrespect me before you kill yeah, me. Don't don't make me seem like a dumbass and kill me. <laughs> like, at least give me that much, bro. But the reason they find out about Jackie Brown is because Chris Tucker's character told. Yeah, because he can't do ten years, and Sam Jackson knew that. Yeah. So take care of him. Well, he didn't really give a shit about leaving that, so he left the body in the trunk of that car. And then, of course, when the cops get Jackie, they say, hey, you know, you ever heard of Beaumont Livingston? She's like, nope. He's like, well, he's heard of you. He's like, how do you think we found you? So she gets out of jail because Wardell bails her out. And that's where we are introduced to Max Cherry, coldest bail bondsman in L.A. (laughs) Uh, Picks her up, takes her to a little dive bar so she can get some cigs and a drink. And, uh. She's like, do you have any cigarettes or whatever? And she opens up his glove box and like, you know, he's a bail bondsman. So he keeps a gun and it doesn't really cut back to it. But she takes the gun because she knows Ordell's coming to see her. So he loads up the gun, puts the gloves on. So you think he's about to do the sequel, you know, mm-hmm. he's about yep. to get her too. You know, well, she's a little smarter, Chris. <laughs> and uh, she's a little smarter than old Beaumont. All right. She's got her shit with her. And he's like. She's like, uh, it's a really cool scene because he keeps he, turning down the fucking lights and she keeps turning them back up like every room she goes to because mm-hmm. like she knows what he's about to try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, she's like, he's like, is that what I think it is? She's like, well, it's a really cool scene is because it, it has a double sided, you know, it shows the bails bail bondsman on one side and then those two talking on the other side and then he goes to reach for his gun as he does it click she clicks the gun no he's strangling he's getting ready to strangle her no 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 i know but it uh max cherry oh right 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 it has yeah the, he looks in the glove box and it's not there and she clicks it to let you know like she took his gun yeah. as a really cool shot and he's like is that what I think it is? She's like, what do you fucking think it is? <laughs> the gun pointed at my dick. <laughs> then you're fucking right. Get your motherfucking hands out from around my throat. Girl, I'm just playing. He throws, <laughs> she throws his ass up against the fucking window. Right. If I got to tell you again, I'm going to fucking kill you. Like, she ain't playing with his ass. He's like, girl, I was just bullshitting. She's like, well, I ain't fucking bullshitting. <laughs> It's a very cool scene because it lets you know that she's a tough lady. Yeah. She ain't taking no shit. And I love that she sits him down. It's like, look, this is what we're going to do. And then lays this plan out. Like, I don't know. It's a really cool scene. It, I'm going to be honest, man. This, like this, especially this last watch. Uh, if Ordell would have been smart, really smart and thought about it, you know, because like as far as a villain's concerned, he was pretty smooth. Mm, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He'd been avoiding the law and all that. If he would have just kept it straight with her. Yeah. He would have been all right. Right. But because he was such a greedy fuck and and thought Jackie was going to fuck him over, which I mean, you know, it's his fault that she thought that way. Because if he would have came over there, no gun, look, you can check me. Look, I just want to take care of this. I want to go off into the sunset. I want you to be able to get out of this. You know, like if he would have just sat down and been cool with her. Yeah, because they would have been real partners at that point. And then I think that she wouldn't have done what she did, but she knew that he was going to fuck her over. Like mm-hmm. she just knew it. She felt it because that's what he like, does. I'm not known as a fucking snitch like that dude Beaumont was, but she knows he's going to know that I gave my husband up. So what fucking chance does he have? So it's pretty much she, she outthought him. That's, that's, that's how I got it. Right. She, she really did. I think him. Mm-hmm. Um, so after that, she goes back to the cops 
And uh, she's kind of let Max in on it, but doesn't. Well, of course, Max realizes that she's got his gun. So after she goes and talks to the feds, she comes back to her house and that's where Max shows up. And he's like, hey, um, if you need to borrow the gun or whatever, like, you know, you can hold on to it for a while. She's like, no, I got a gun. He's (laughs) like, you got it this morning and went and got a gun. She was like, huh? (laughs) I love that scene because you can't see her, but you can tell she's like dodging the shit out of these questions. It's really good. Um, and then that's when you, you know, you get the little thing about her, uh, record collection and, you know, you get a little bit more into her character and yeah, you get to know these two a little bit more. Right. Cause she plays, the Delphonics. Delphonics. And then later that's what he goes and gets at the store. When I he know got. you like the Delphonics motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. They're pretty good. <laughs> I love that shit. <laughs> to look the Sam Jackson, what motherfucker white boy gonna tell me about the Delphonics? <laughs> Fuck you, bro. Like, it's fucking gold. Like I said, he is probably top three characters for me, man. I love Sam Jackson in this movie. The, the the way he delivers some of the lines. Um, I love that scene with him and De Niro in the in the Volkswagen van. I love that shit. Oh, the end? Yeah, I love that shit. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's third act. Oh, I see. Um, Right after the mall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's That's like, what I'm talking about. And he's like, he's not saying, did you fucking rob me? But like, he's like asking him, like, you, you, you. he's like, you didn't know that fucking wasn't no money in that bag, Lewis. <laughs> how could you even say, man, fuck you, brother. Fuck you, man. How could you even, how could you even say that? And he sits there and he's like, Jackie Brown did this. And he's like, nothing was off. Nothing at all. So she came out with the bag. It weighed, it weighed like it's your way, you know, and, and he goes, actually, you know what? I didn't think it was kind of weird. I didn't think it was weird, but I did think it was weird. It's probably his best scene in the movie. And he's like, you going to fucking tell me who you saw, Lewis? <laughs> that Max Cherry guy. And you didn't think that was fucking... You didn't think that was fucking... And then he just, bam, blows his ass away. What the fuck happened to you, man? You used to be fucking beautiful. Bam, gives him another one, dude. Great scene. It was a great scene. Uh... But yeah, so she breaks it down to Max and she's like, I need your help. You know, you're not going to mm-hmm. have to do anything crazy, but I, I need help. Yeah. And, and then, of course, he's puppy dog loving her ass. So he, he's he's all for it. He's along for the ride. Mm-hmm. And that's when she goes back to Michael Keaton and them and she lays out the plan so she can get back and forth to uh, Cabo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, because they got nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That she's all they had so like when yeah she, she had a little bit of blow on her right that's the reason they kept her but that's not what they want you know they say that that's for melanie from the mr walker but like i don't put it outside the realm of michael keaton gonna jump that shit in there like because they were they seem like the type of cops that were willing to do whatever the fuck they had to yeah do. but sammy jackson said he's like oh but he you know said what? he threw a, a present in there i didn't know what he meant but that's Sorry fucked about up. that. Yeah. Because <laughs> honestly, like, the money would have, I mean, she would have got time for it, but it wouldn't have been as bad as that. It wouldn't with, have linked with him. The, yeah. Because that's code. what they're trying to do is catch him. So she, uh, she kind of, that's probably what ultimately led her to, like, well, fuck this guy. Like, mm-hmm. he wasn't even going to make sure I could fucking, you know. But, uh, yeah. So she goes back to Ordell. They meet at his bar. And God, I mean, like when they watch it, I don't even like clear liquor, but he drinks screwdrivers through this movie. It he does, me, doesn't he? Make me want that shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> Cigarettes and fucking screwdrivers. That's all I got out of this movie. Uh, so she breaks it down and he's like, he's like, how the fucking feds know about that? She's like, I told him. He's like, why the fuck you tell him? <laughs> it's a great back and forth. Why the fuck you tell him that shit? Why the fuck you tell him all my business? They already knew. How the fuck they did <laughs> That don't mean you gotta fucking tell him. It's pretty smart, though, on her part. Yeah. To be able to tell them so much information and still get the leg up. Well, because that's the thing about it, you know, like, cops aren't supposed to be dumb. Like, they're supposed to be good at that shit. Yeah. And they know that if they keeping you moving, keeping you going, then they're gonna get what they want. Right. She played him like a violin. Mm-hmm. Like a fucking violin. Um. So they work it out. I need two girls, you know. One to fake the first time. We're going to do 10 grand. We're going to get the cops. We'll get the mark bills, whatever. And then the second time we'll bring all of it. He's like, well, why don't you do all of it the first time? And she's like, Cause that seems stupid. And she like really sells it to him. And then they have a little back and forth about managers and agents. She's like, I'm the manager. I get 15. He goes, you fucking agents get 10. 
She's like, that's an agent. I'm a manager. I want 15. He's like, all I'm fucking giving you is 10. Yeah. Once again, she's really holding all the all the dice at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. Like, but she doesn't want to let him know that. So Right. So like that's what I'm saying. Like little things like that is what I think led to his to Ordell's downfall because mm-hmm. he was just She all made him about think he was smarter than he was. Right. Well, and I think like he underestimated how fucking good she was. Yeah. You 100%. know, like he just like cause you see that's kind of his thing. He has all these like women that he just kinda uses as pawns for whatever he needs. Yeah, because like, he usually like he has Melanie, which is just some loner chick, and then he has the country girl, I forgot her name, but and then he's got the older woman that is taking care of people for him, you know, <laughs> and like he uses all their addresses and shit. Like right. it's kinda like women's are, women are possessions to him and like I think that's why he underestimated her because he's like, oh she's just a woman, she ain't gonna be able to do nothing. Right. You know. And she was the baddest one of them all. That's mm-hmm. why she did what she did. They, uh, after that, she, she work she goes, to, she works it out. And this is probably the coolest part of the whole movie because it breaks it down. The whole heist, not heist in one. It shows it from everybody's perspective. First, you see Melanie and Robert and Lewis walking in and she tries to talk Lewis into fucking them over. She's like, let's just take the money and fuck them. And yeah. then, like you said earlier, like she was saying, he's a fucking idiot. Let's say streetwise, whatever, but mm-hmm. that doesn't matter. Right. And uh, I thought maybe De Niro was thinking about going for it, but then he got in the next scene and shows but he's him. loyal because right. of everything they've been through. It shows him and uh, Ordell at the bar and he's like, he's like, yeah, I'm sorry about leaving you with that bitch. He's like, I just figured you ain't got no pussy in a while. You might want it. And he's like, you didn't fuck her. He's like, well, yeah, but he's like, you thought she was my girl? <laughs> he's like, well, I felt bad. He's like, well, you I still hope, fucked her, though. He's like, well, I hope you appropriately felt guilty afterwards. <laughs> and then they, you know, have a good laugh about it because he don't give a fuck about her. Yeah. You know? Um, He's like, yeah, man, well, she's, 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 she's really thinking about fucking you over. He's like, oh, I know that bitch is. Yeah. Like, I know her. He's like, how could you keep somebody around like that, man? He's like, she's predictable, basically. Pretty much, this is what he's saying. He's like, I'm not worried about her. He's like, I know what she wants. And I know what she can do. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, like it cuts back to to them going through that, and I guess he told her that he was thinking about it or, or whatever, or maybe he was mad about the fact that she tried to pull him over there because he's being a real asshole to her, grabbing her and talking like shit to her, and of course she's a whatchamacallit she's she's pushing his buttons yeah, yeah, yeah she's trying to because i think she knew that he went and told daddy so like she's fucking taking it out on him and like being difficult so she goes in there to make the switch with uh with jackie and she's like look here here's 10 grand nobody ever did shit for us fuck these guys and she like stuffs the money down her pants you know and then she gets her what she thinks is all the money which is only like 40 grand yeah and they leave. Well, she tries booking it out in the fucking women's uh, fitting room. Like, she's finna get away from De Niro, who hawks her down. And then that's when you get the cool scene of uh, showing uh, Max Cherry in the ladies' department. Hey, I'm just waiting on my wife, you know. <laughs> so, Jackie gets hers, and then she's like, somebody left a thing of beach towels in there. Walks away. Max Cherry, smooth motherfucker. I think my wife left a bag of beach towels in there. We're going to go check it yeah. out. There's nobody in there. Go grab it. Oh, there's no one in there. Go for it. Smooth, man. Danny Ocean shit, like you were saying. Gets away with the money. And then, you know, we talked earlier about... Uh, I love that, though, when, when Ordell and, and Lewis, he picks him up at his titty bar. And they're riding around in that van, and they stop. And he's like, where's Melanie? He's like... Yeah, that's what I wanted to tell you. Uh, she was getting on my fucking nerves and she wouldn't shut the fuck up about the car. It's like you shot her? <laughs> so I fucking, I shot her. He's like, you fucking shot her. You couldn't yeah. have just hit her? How many times? <laughs> once in the chest, once in the stomach. Is she fucking dead? I think so, man. <laughs> what do you mean? You think she's fucking dead. We don't need this bitch coming back on us, Lewis. That's the last thing we need. You had to do what you had to do. Yeah. And that's what I knew right then. I was like, he's going to kill Lewis. Mm-hmm. And this is even before he realizes that the money ain't in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I knew he was going to kill Lewis then. Because, like, you can see it on his face. Like, 
bro, I gave you a simple task and you killed the bitch. Like, like she wasn't my girl, but she was my girl. Right. Like she was more useful than your fucking ass. Right. <laughs> uh, and then they have that whole spiel, you know, about how it felt right. And he sees Max Cherry and, um, Ordell's like, we're going to handle up, settle up right now. We're going to get, take care of this shit. Very cool scene. Very cool song playing. He's just smoking in the fucking dark like a villain. Calls up old Max Cherry. That bitch got my money. You won't bring me my fucking money. So Max has uh, Tiny or Winston find out where he stays and they find out which, uh, like I said, it really just did a good job of showing like how his relationship with women is really what led to his downfall because he had that chick in Compton just drugged the fuck out. Oh yeah. She couldn't even get off the fucking, you, the only time you see her is on that couch, the whole movie. Did your parents have that kind of furniture when you were young? Not my parents, but my grandparents, my granny had like a sofa like that, like a two by four going down the sides of the arms. And then the rest was just like overstuffed shit. Yeah, but it had like the old school, like pictures on them of like houses or like birds, flowers. Yeah. Yeah, My dad had one. (laughs) I see them pop up in these old movies. Yeah. My granny meant, and like she smoked a pack of Virginia Slims in the house a day. So like they all like you'd sit in it and just like 10 years of cigarette would hit you. Like my mom used to like throw our shit out when we'd come home from over there, get in the fucking shower. Yeah, yeah. My parents smoked too, and uh, the thing that I hated the most is it would turn your uh, shit yellow. Yes, mm-hmm. like you would go to school and your paper's a little yellow. Kids would make fun of you. Like, Why is your paper yellow? Oh, I never. Uh, my parents never smoked cigarettes, mm-hmm. and like I don't smoke cigarettes in the house obviously but yeah i think a lot of people step outside nowadays i don't see a lot of people just sitting in their house just smoking unless they don't have kids i feel like if you smoke in your house and you have kids you're a piece of shit (laughs) i'm just gonna say that and this is somebody that smokes cigarettes i'll tell you that it's giving your kids second hand if you smoke cigarettes with your kids in the fucking car i don't give a fuck if you're rolling the window down or not like you're a piece of shit yeah you're putting your children in harm that's it's not even that, but it's like, bro, they didn't get a choice. They, they, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they can't go get in a different fucking car. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if your addiction is that bad that you can't make it on a 10 minute fucking drive, like, yeah, you, I agree. You got a problem. Um, but the same could be said for like fast food and shit like that. Shouldn't be feeding that shit to your kids, but I don't have kids, so I can't say. I get it, but I mean, there's a little, I don't know, man. There's a little there difference than giving them a cheeseburger and blowing that shit in their face. Like, <laughs> come on now. I don't know. I think cigarettes and cheeseburgers think, go hand in hand. <laughs> I, I think every parent has bought their kids fast food at some point. Even you've got fast food as a kid, bro. Like, everybody eats fast food, dude. Like, it's not <laughs> they like, would feed me a cheeseburger and blow smoke on my face and tell me. You're like, you're like, yeah, bro, giving a kid a Happy Meal is just like giving him a Uzi and pointing at something. You know, like, what the fuck? <laughs> They gotta let you map out our kids' fucking school play uh lunch plans at school. If you don't give these kids something healthy, they're gonna shoot this fucking school. Well, up, they like. won't eat, so um, but yeah. Celery or nothing. It's just salad bar, that's all you get. Diet milk. Water milk. <laughs> yeah. Water milk. So Max goes over, and uh, this is pretty much where this is where it, it, it's a make or break time because Max is not dumb. Max is very smart, and he wants I mean, he knows what time it is. Like, well, it, I'm just saying, as far as like he knew what he had to do to make sure that he didn't try to kill him before it was time. You know what I'm saying? Like he brought the ten grand to him, but didn't bring all the money. Mm-hmm. He's like, why the fuck did you bring my money here? And he's like, because she's scared, man. You scared the shit out of her, you know? And he's playing into his ego. And he's like, "Who? where's the fucking money at? He's like, it's in my office. He's like, well, just have that bitch open the safe. He's like, she doesn't know the company. He's like, call her and give it to her. And then have her bring my fucking money here. He's like, she's not going to do that, man. She's too scared. He's like, he's like, well, then we're going to go get my fucking money together. Right. And that's pretty much what he wanted. Mm-hmm. So they ride over and it's a really cool scene, man. And it just lends into how fucking, 
how maniacal he is, dude, because he, he, that's what he's like. Didn't know you like the Delphonics. <laughs> he's like, they're pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> that look he gives him, man. It's fucking gold. Before he gets out, he's like, I just want to let you know you going in first. He goes, if that bitch tries to shoot, you getting hit. He goes, and I want to let you know, if there's a bunch of motherfuckers out there going to be doing some shooting, you're the first motherfucker that's going to get shot. Mm-hmm. I do like that she like turns out all the lights. She just has the desk light. Just like smoke. he did. Just like he did yeah. to her. All right. I love that when she keeps practicing grabbing the gun out of the desk. <laughs> like, I just thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. You know? She's just like. It's a show. She's, she's got. How a, inexperienced she is. Like, right. she talks a big game. She's smooth. She's smart. But when it comes, like, down to it, she's not that kind of person. Well, she's not a killer. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm yeah. saying. But uh, it was just cool because she's just got all the attitude. Mm-hmm. And just fucking and then she don't even believe it. She's like, ah, oh, fuck. Puts it back, tries it again. You know, it's just a cool little yeah. shot. Um, so they go in and uh, Ordell's like, what you doing in here with all the lights off, girl? She's like, I forgot what she says to her. I know that's what she, he's got a gun. And old Michael Keaton pulls out like Batman out of the shadows, yeah, drops his ass, <laughs> dum dum, two to the chest, dude. And they cut the lights on, and of course the cops are there and everything else. And um, she's like, he's here to kill me. Yeah, they don't mention shit about the money. Well, that's what I thought was cool. They only told them that it was only 50 grand that he was bringing in. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. It was a half a million. Yeah, because they changed the amount. So the, between the 40 grand that they find in the bag and then the 10 grand they find on Melody. So they won't be looking for it. They ain't got no money to look for. Yeah. All their money's back. Mm-hmm. It's really fucking smart. Yeah, it was pretty smart. It's a smart script. I mean, it's based off of a book, but, right. you know, it's really well thought out. And she, she has that great line to Michael Keaton because after the heist goes... You know, they bring her in and they think she fucking, she did what she did. But that's the thing is they don't have, they can't pin they her can't on They can't prove it. Yeah, they can't prove anything. Because at the end of the day, it looks like she tried to help them bring him down. Mm-hmm. So they got their man. She gets to walk free. She gets all her money. But it's cool. It's kind of, he was saying it to be a dick to like, you know, break her to like come clean. But he says, I hope we find him before he finds you. Yeah. And she goes, Ray, you know how you said you, you wish you find him before he finds me. Thanks. Well, I'm glad you did. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And she's just like, you're just like, you know, she got away with it. Yep. And I think the only thing, the reason why I didn't give this movie a nine or better is because I get the ending. It fits, but it doesn't fit. To How me. so? I think Smack should have wrote off with her. Yeah. What did he have? He could have left that shit to Winston. He, I think he knows. That's what I was going to talk to you about. Like, why did he hang back? Because I think she's too much woman for him. And I think that, and I mean, it is too. And I guess I got that because she's like, are you scared of me? And he's like, <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> but like, you could tell that it was killing him because he wanted with everything in him to go. Right. But he wanted to go on that adventure. Mm-hmm. But like you said, he doesn't trust her. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't want to be the next motherfucker that she gets. <laughs> so, but yeah, like, I, I don't know, man. I just, I guess, an uh, alternate ending I would have liked to have seen him get in the car with her. Mm, maybe, but. You know, but. She's a strong, independent black woman, so. She got on that plane by herself. Yep. Boy, she was going to Madrid and Barcelona. Yeah. Half a million dollars in the 90s. She probably had a good run on it. Yeah. Well, that's what I keep thinking is like, they always talk about this, like the, um, we didn't talk about how Simone got the money, like the 10 grand, the fake drop mm-hmm. off, and she fucking booked it. She cleaned out her closet and left they can't find her but like 10 grand that's not that much money to like run off with yeah but uh, somebody that's never had anything that kind of money in their mind i guess yeah and then it got me thinking about the uh almost half a million dollars like it's a lot of money mm-hmm. you could probably live for a few more years but that it, that's not like retirement money i guess i mean she's 44 i guess she was she looking- have a few more year good years I guess she was looking at it like she'd go see all the shit she wanted to see and then probably find somewhere with like a real low cost of living. Yeah, probably take like five years and just like fucking travel around and do what you want to do. Because, I mean, her record was still where it was. So, I mean, when she got done blowing it all, she could always go back to work. Yeah, I guess you're not wrong. Um, But, yeah, like there's places all over the world, bro. Like you could live like a fucking sultan with like you know enough money this is true um it's just expensive here right or like what 
kind of country are you going to be living in? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's up to it. Like, you know, you could live in Belize right now for nothing. <laughs> uh, you know. But you go up to Sweden and yeah. it's fucking expensive as shit. Oh, anywhere in Europe, bro. Yeah. Like, you know. It's like Iraq. Like, our dollar over there is like a fucking hundred more or whatever. But, like, it's in Iraq. <laughs> like, who the fuck wants to live there? <laughs> I guess you're not wrong. Yeah. It's like a war-torn country. Yeah, sure. Fuck, why not? You know, like... <laughs> You have to get a own your own armed brigade to like go to the store or whatever. Right. It would be cool to like travel like a warlord, but it would suck like having to live that life. Like, uh, that's a you always got to be looking over your shoulder. Right. Like I can't roll this window down. Why? Because uh, they're only bulletproof when it's up. So <laughs> and why is there three identical ones? So they don't know which one I'm in. All right. <laughs> like, and you can't even go to Mexico anymore because the cartel is like overrun the whole thing. Like, dude, I even heard the vacation spots. I was gonna say they're safe. even trying to take over. Res- they put the army outside the resorts now mm-hmm. because El Chapo and them were just taking them bitches over whenever yep. they wanted. Yeah, people are getting killed over there at the the fucking tourist areas. It's a it's a vicious one over there. I'm happy where I'm at. I mean, I'm I could go to uh, I could go to Canada. You can afford it. That's a fuck. What? Look at this. What? Eh. You don't think he's going to do it? It's announced. Kill Bill Volume 3? Not with the idea that they keep trying to sell. That it's her daughter versus the other lady's daughter. You don't like that idea? I don't really like that idea, no. God, what if, what if he finishes his 10th film with Kill, Kill Bill, Bill 3. 3? I'll be so blown. Because <laughs> he's only doing 10, right? Yeah. He says he's only doing one more, and he's not even sure about that. Because technically, if you take Kill Bill Volume One and Volume Two, he's it's done. Two he's yeah. done ten films, but but yeah, I was just trying to think. I'm like, I still think Jackie Brown is still my favorite. You know how pissed I'd be because he was talking about he wanted to do an R-rated Star Trek movie. I don't want to see that. I, I mean, I'm not saying it wouldn't be cool. I mean, it's Quentin if, Tarantino. If a fuck cool. around movie, like, yeah, but if you're going to count that bitch as, as like part of the legacy and you're going to hang it up, like, then no, I don't want it. Yeah, like, right. Like, if you're just like, hey, I don't have anything to do for eight months. Like, let's make a fucking cool ass, like crazy R rated Star Trek movie with the old because he was going to use the next generation characters. Mm-hmm. He's going to have Picard and all of them. Like, you show me Worf ripping a motherfucker's head off. I'll go watch it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not saying it wouldn't be good, but like you said, I don't want it I don't to be, want that to be your last one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of people give him shit for uh, um, Once Upon a Time, but I, I still like it a lot. In Mexico? No, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's good. It's just like, it's one of those things, bro. Like, I think that's probably one of the only times he had that big ensemble cast that like, it wasn't a bad movie. But it could have been better. Mm. I don't know. I have only watched it twice, so yeah. maybe I go in a couple more. There's still some great shit in it. Like I love that Bruce Lee versus uh, Brad Pitt thing, even though it would never fucking happen. Bruce Lee would have fucked him up, man. I don't know about that. Bruce Lee was that dude, bro. He was a showman. Zero percent body fat, bro. Like <laughs> he could kick my ass. So he I could can't. kick anybody's ass. Like fucking Chuck Norris didn't even want that smoke, bro. Did we get it out of our system? Did we stop? Can we stop talking about Quentin Tarantino now? <laughs> I don't know, man. What do we got left? I mean, Pulp Fiction. I don't know. There's always a possibility. <laughs> we kill bills. I've always wondered how do you feel about Death Proof, though. I love it. Like I think that or. That or Hateful Eight are probably my least favorite of this. I actually just watched Death Proof like in the last year because right. I never really got around to watching it. I loved it. Yeah. I, I love it, Kurt Russell, yeah. but like, I don't know. I do think the girls part goes on a little too long, but because it's a long setup, but right. the way he able was able to, I don't know, artistically, I think it's a great fucking movie. Well, I, that, that's uh, that uh, New Zealand chick, the one that does all the stunts and shit. Mm-hmm. Like she's an actual badass. Yeah. In real life. Like she does that kind of shit. Now I want to see planet terror. I still haven't seen that one though. See planet terror. I thought was way better out of the two. Oh really? Cause like Rodriguez just did Rodriguez man. He blood gore, all that shit. It was a different way of telling a zombie movie without, the exact same fucking thing. Yeah. I need um, to check that out. I still haven't seen it for whatever reason. I think I got both of them like in the thing, but I'm not sure. Mm, I can't buy that. It's like so expensive now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's one of those movies that just. Did you know that the fucking little fake trailers are are, are like what everybody 
loves about this. Oh, really? Like, you don't know how bad people want to see a Nick Cage Wu Manchu movie or whatever the fuck it is, like <laughs> Werewolves of the SS or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, like, yeah. And all the shitty movies Nick Cage has made, they're like, why don't you make that one? <laughs> fuck. Like, but Machete actually became a thing because of that. Yep. Like, which is cool as fuck, you mm. know? Like, I think everybody was like, oh, man, if they made Machete, you know, like, that shit's not being made. Even though Rob Zombie would probably st- sign up for it. Right. Did um, you hear about him doing the Munsters? Who? Rob Zombie. No. They're making a Munsters movie. He's I directing don't, I it. don't care about Rob Zombie, though, so. But I was just saying, like, will you go see it? Like, did no, you ever like not. the Munsters? I like the Munsters. I don't like Rob Zombie, so he's probably going to butcher it like he did Halloween. I've seen some of the photos from, like, the set and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's it's going to look all right, anyways. Yeah. You know he actually owns the fucking car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He Which owns is, a bunch of weird shit. Well, I mean, he, he's got money. For, that's for, what I'm saying. For, that's what he spends his money on. Yeah. It's just weird, dumb shit from culture phenomenons. I heard he's got like one of the biggest like horror movie props, like yes. whatever, like collections. Yeah. yeah, him and Guillermo Guillermo del Toro have like fucking wings of their houses dedicated to that shit. I believe it. Yeah, Guillermo's I think is more like his shit. Like, you know, stuff from, that he's made. Yeah. Like from Hellboy yeah. and Pans and all that. Like probably from that movie Kronos that I bought. I'd watched it and it's a pretty interesting movie. You're not going to like it. Well, Guillermo just seems like that type of guy that like everything he does is personal to him. Yeah. And like, he's going to be like, it's mine. I must have this. Yeah. You can't have this. Yeah. I feel like I would be that way if I started making things like, no, you can't have it. This is mine. I made this. I mean, like certain shit for sure. Like if we ever did a movie or something like, fuck yeah, I'm going to keep this. Like, <laughs> you know, I think that's like the biggest bullshit. Like you know, Ben Affleck stopped being Batman. He was like, Hey, do you think I could like get one of these suits? You know, I'm like we can't just give it to you, bro. He's like, well, of course I'll pay for it. They're like a million dollars. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like I don't know, like, but uh, I don't know. yeah, if I was in a movie like that, I had any kind of like actual prop, yeah, I'm gonna keep that shit. If I was like <laughs> making it, if they let you, yeah. um, I Where'd gotta you go. Uh, I, <laughs> I left it in the trailer and it was gone. Someone broke into my trailer. Fucking fans, man. I got a couple of movies in the mail. What you got? I know you see them on Instagram. Do you ever see them? Some of them I do. Some yeah. of them I do. So I bought this one just because I've tried watching it a couple of times and I kept getting interrupted and not finishing it. So I figured if I bought a physical copy, I would sit down and watch it. So I did. And it's Punch Drunk Love. Criterion. You're going to hate yourself for that. I just watched it and I loved it. <sighs> That's why I was talking about is two like socially awkward people. That's like getting the together. worst fucking Adam Sandler movie. Oh, no, it's great. I'm sorry. Jack and Jill is the worst. Yeah. But that's like close second for me. No, I hated that movie. I like this movie. I hated it so much. I like it a lot. The only thing I like about that movie is when he just starts beating the fucking shit out of those people. Like <laughs> it's so satisfying. Like RIP Seymour Hoffman. Great fucking actor. He's so good. He it? needed his fucking ass beat in that movie and he didn't. He didn't beat his ass. He beat everybody's ass but his. And he needed it the worst. And like that's all I remember about that movie is like, why didn't you beat the fuck out of him? It's uh from Paul Thomas Anderson and one that's of probably his probably why I hate it. And one of his movies I just recently got Inherent Vice. Mm. I think we might do it on the podcast because Yeah, that's crazy. I already have that movie. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. You, you were telling me you already have it. It's still sealed. We nice. can watch it together. <laughs> <laughs> and then this one, I got it in the mail and I could not stop laughing. Have you seen this? Yes. It's terrible. Is it terrible? It is terrible. It's uh it's one of those movies that like it almost made me stop being a Jason Statham fan. It's uh Guy Ritchie, you know that, right? <sighs> that hurts my soul. <laughs> I th- I feel like I knew that though. I haven't seen it, but I figured I'll put it on the lesser known movies mm. <laughs> by popular directors. I usually want to do good movies, but I haven't seen this. So. It's been so long, but like it's such a mind fuck, dude. Is it? Yeah. Can you just look at the the stickers? This has been sitting for like 10 years at least <laughs> it says blu-ray disc high definition plays on blu-ray players and playstation 3 <laughs> wow yeah i, I don't even want to open it because it feels like such like a like an antique art, like an art piece, <laughs> art piece. <laughs> there's a dude on tiktok that i see that he every day opens a vhs of shrek 2 from like 1990 whatever it's, when it came out they're all shrek 2 yeah Why? every single one because I guess for that promotion for that VHS, they were giving away a, a minivan, like a Kia minivan, 
to like one out of every billion or whatever. This dude bought like every copy they had just to see if he gets a free minivan. I'm like, bro, that was 20 years ago. They're not still giving away that fucking minivan. But like, that's his whole shtick. Tune in tomorrow. See if I get the minivan. It's fucking gold. That's fucking It's brilliant. gold, dude. Like... I looked. This dude's got like a hundred thousand followers. I'm like, bro, that's I'm, doing, so fucking I'm funny. doing something wrong in life, right? But yeah. we need a stick like that where I open things and tune in tomorrow. See if we get it. I forgot. It's my pick, ain't it? Yeah, it is your pick. Did you didn't get a movie? Did you? Um, <laughs> you're gonna think about it off the top of your head. I mean, I don't. I did, I guess I didn't want to, but I need to. What? Um. I won't go Tarantino again. Please, thank you. I'm as much as I love Quentin Tarantino. He need he got his shine. We need to give him a break from the podcast. Yeah, I'm not gonna, gonna do that. Um, <laughs> there was one I was watching the other day that I really wanted to talk about. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. What it's it was. the first time you've ever come unprepared. You usually like excited. I don't know. I think it was because Jackie Brown. I enjoy it so much that I forgot that you picked it. Like I thought <laughs> that it was one of my fucking picks. <laughs> Cause like even the wife, she's like, "What movie y'all doing?" I was like, "Jackie Brown." She was like, "Oh, cool." You know what's really funny is I felt that way about Reservoir Dogs. Like yeah. we were doing it, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I didn't pick this." <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe it could be a mystery, and then you could think about it and just let me know. All right, yeah, all right, folks, we're gonna find out together. <laughs> we're gonna find out next week what we're gonna do. I'll text you tonight. I want to go home. I'll, I'll look through and see what I got. <laughs> Mystery pick. Mystery pick, folks. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you never did say what, what you gave your, I gave my rating. What'd you give? I told it was oh, my favorite. Highly, oh yeah. Your favorite, it's my Tarantino. favorite Quentin Tarantino movie. So that says a lot. Yeah. It's highly recommended. Yeah. If y'all, uh, if y'all haven't seen this one, this is definitely one of his hidden gems. Mm-hmm. Um, Agreed. It needs to be talked about more cause it's a great movie. He doesn't have the hugest filmography, but this this one's it's special. Mm-hmm. And uh, I even got another a little bit of a different love for it now. Watching it this past time than I'm I did glad. before. I always love when I do that. Like I haven't seen that in a while. I feel differently now. Well, now I'm on a mission, bro. Like I want to find this fucking soundtrack. Right. Like, I feel like that needs to be had. Like I need the soundtrack in my life. Yeah, I found it out there in the. It's probably it's probably one of my favorite uh, soundtracks to a movie, like. Up there with like, that's a bold statement. Yeah, I mean, because some some movies have fantastic soundtracks. I have um, Kill Bill has a good soundtrack. A lot of his movies have good soundtracks. I even tried to find like a Quentin Tarantino playlist of of songs that he's used in his movies. Oh, Reservoir Dogs, dude. You know what's crazy is like we didn't even mention that last week. Stephen Wright, Stephen Wright had like was the was the guy on the radio the whole movie. Oh, right. We never even said that, like, which is insane. Yeah. Good job. I mean, I get it. Like some people, Stephen Wright ain't their cup of tea. You know, he's not like my favorite stand-up comedian or Mm -hmm. anything, but he has, I definitely will say that he has made his shtick of the deadpan, like monotone joke telling, like he's got to be the king of that shit. If you think of anybody that's been doing that longer than him. No, him and, uh, him and Mitch Hedberg, like were both the goat at that. They're jokes. I don't know, man. I think Mitch was special just because he found a way to like, he always made it, found a way to goof it up, like make it goofy at the end. You Mm. know what I'm saying? Like Stephen Wright just felt like he did deliver it. Yeah, he delivered. His delivery was funny because it's such a silly thing to say, but he says it in such a serious voice. Like the one that he's like, uh, it was a bowl of uh, soup. Threw it at the wall. I saw a guy. He had a, he had a, he had glasses on and a nose ring and earrings and uh, and a ponytail and glasses and a hat. And I said, you have a lot of facial accessories. <laughs> R.I.P. Mitch Hedberg. I love that man. He was good. Man. It's funny about Mitch Hedberg is uh, I heard his stand up audibly before I seen him. Mm-hmm. And I thought he was a black dude. Really? Yeah, because his stand-up, like, if you listen to it, he just sounds like the smoothest black dude. And then I realized he looks like Kurt fucking Cobain. <laughs> I was about to say, I uh, I used to, in my younger days, I used to sell pot to a dude that looked just like Mitch Edburn. Oh, really? The way they vibed, the way they talked, <laughs> everything. It was like he just, like, woke up one day. I was like, I'm going to be this guy. Oh, I was watching, uh, oh, my God, that star movie where she follows around the band and the guy's... um 
taking notes of the band. Almost famous. Oh, that's a great movie. Dude. Mitch Hedberg is in there. Yeah. He pops up for. I was like, "Fucking Mitch Hedberg." Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty fun. That's a great movie, bro. Yeah, a lot of people don't talk about that movie. Yeah, that's another fantastic soundtrack, man. I recently bought it, and I was like, "Oh, I get this." Like, I get why people love this movie so much. It's a nice like coming of age. I bought three movies the other day, and then I bought two today. Yeah, I told you what the two I bought today. Yeah, um, I'm gonna show them all on TikTok, but maybe we had a hundred. Do you have 100 followers on TikTok? No, still working on it. We're <laughs> 78 right now. <laughs> I think we lost one. Dude. <laughs> I think it was 79 last time. Was it? <laughs> Shit. Dude, I mean, it's tough, bro. Like, when I when I did mine, like, I mean, I get it. I was opening Pokemon and shit. Yeah. So, like, you know, that's a big thing. But yeah, that is really hard to, like, build this following up on the second page. Like, Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt your uh, movie thing, but... Yeah. No, I just, like, uh, I grabbed uh, three movies that I just don't see very often, mm-hmm. and uh, one of them was Bull Durham. I love that movie. It's, like, one of my favorite Kevin Costner movies. Bull Durham. I feel like I've heard of it. I don't... You I probably have. I know you haven't seen it. Yeah. It's about a baseball. So oh, yeah. It's about minor league baseball players, mm-hmm. and it's, like, a love triangle between him... Um, Susan Sarandon and, uh, Tim Jacob's ladder. Oh yeah. Tim Roth. Tim Roth. No, no, not Tim Roth. (laughs) Tim Roth is from Reservoir Dogs. Oh, right, right, right. Tim. Fuck. Why? Alan. No, stop. (laughs) You're fucking making it worse. (laughs) Shit. Tim Hortons. No, it's a hockey player. (laughs) Wayne Gretzky. You're a bastard. <laughs> this dude is a fucking good actor, bro. He's a fucking Shawshank. Why can't I think of this dude's name right now? I gotta lay off, bro. Like, I'm fucking losing it, dude. Tim Robbins. Fuck! Tim there Robbins. it is. There it is. I knew it started with an R. I had to dig it out, bro. Jesus, that's sad, bro. That guy's a goat. Like, fuck. Yes. It's a great movie. Bill Durham. Bull Durham. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. I need a new headphone jack. Mine keeps like fucking cutting in and out. But anyway, what were the other movies you got? I don't remember. <laughs> I just remember the Bull Durham. You just really wanted to talk about Tim. Um, I just really want to talk about Bull Durham. Bull That's Durham. probably what I should pick, dude. Bull Durham? Yeah. Please don't. Give I don't me, like sports me. movies. I know you don't, bro. But it's like, you like Celtic Pride. That was different, right? Yeah. <sighs> This was like a love story, man. Yeah, I already watched that other one you gave me, Halftime or whatever. Halftime. No, it's with uh, Jimmy Fallon. Oh, 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 yeah. Fever Pitch? Fever Pitch. It's a great rom-com. I hated that movie. It was such a great I hated rom-com. it. Well, I don't think you like Jimmy Fallon. I think that's what they I mean, I love Drew Barrymore. And I she love Drew Barrymore. It. She was good in that movie. She was, but she didn't save it. Well, they can't all be winners. Yeah. We wouldn't have anything to talk about. Right. Well, next weekend, it's a mystery pick, so you'll have to wait and see what we're going to do. Yeah, y'all got to tune in next week and see where I take this shit. (laughs) Until then. Later, y'all. Later.